The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. It's the middle of the summer. It's too hot in many places around the world. And I think we could all cool down and use a dose of empathy. So this week, we're featuring my conversation with Scott Doman, who's the chief people officer of meditation company Calm. Scott joined me on my LinkedIn Live show in June, which is Pride Month in the United States, to talk about his own route to a career in HR and how he sees diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging as an always-on rather than a seasonal approach to people management. So, Scott. What led you to a career in HR? Because it seems like it was really a calling for you. You know what? I would love to have a fancy answer for you, but I don't. Um, (laughs) I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma where I didn't know jobs like yours or mine existed. Um, And a lot of it has to do with my queerness, realizing that very early on, I was in a small town and that I was different. And that, you know, in order to really be my true self, in order to live a life that I didn't know much about, but I knew there was something in me. I was like, there's something about this connection with human beings and the way they work that has to be a career. And feel very lucky that in grad school, I found a program that showed me that, wow, that is a career. And very lucky to have been at organizations where I get to engage with that. I get to engage in both the business strategy of an organization to help it grow and thrive, and then also engage in the human aspect of it to help people grow and thrive as well. Um, and so it is that motivation that has made me feel very fortunate about the opportunities that I've had and also really motivates me to be able to say, like, how can I reach out to the you know, younger me's of the world that are in those towns going, gosh, how do I think about my career and being able to pull them into something that actually will make them successful? You know, people hear words like inclusivity and stuff like that, but they don't necessarily know what it means. So what does inclusivity mean? So I always go back to someone I had the pleasure of working with at Netflix named Brene Meyer, who will say, you know, diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And so that to me is one of the best definitions of it in terms of making people feel welcome to feel involved and engaged. Um, Because oftentimes, if you just focus on one thing, like if you just focus on a diversity, you're really oftentimes just looking at numbers. If you just focus on inclusion, it can oftentimes feel hollow. If you look at belonging and equality and things like that, when you look at the whole spectrum, that's what allows someone to say, not only have I found somewhere that I feel like I can be myself, but I'm going to be respected. I'm going to be engaged. And I actually feel Like it's somewhere that I belong and that I'm included, that people ask me questions, that they respect me for me. Yeah, I think that's such a great answer. And something that really struck me over the years is because growing up, I heard about diversity and, you know, it's good for a workplace and things like that. And something that someone taught me once upon a time uh, early on in my career is that diversity and inclusivity means different things to different people. 
And, you know, how do you interpret that? Because it sounds very profound, but also complicated. So, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. I always say that there's no silver bullet or no perfect answer. Um, And there really shouldn't be because we're learning so much about ourselves, about society, about the changing nature of our world, that we should always be bringing those learnings into our workplace. And I always use this example that I think probably 10 years ago, you think about transition benefits that were provided to people by corporations. They were fairly minimal and they had a different view. Whereas now you see how those opportunities have evolved over time as people in benefits and HR have learned more about the trans community. You want to say, here are the medically provided resources that we as a company need to provide. Whereas again, 10 years ago, most companies weren't thinking about that. And I look at those as big and necessary leaps in inclusion because it's not that trans people just started to exist and raise their hand recently. It's that people in those organizations weren't paying as much attention or they weren't as included. And now that you're thinking about what the humans in your organization truly need, you can create a culture and provide things like benefits that actually speak to those communities. I think it's got to be woven into the fabric of an organization. It can't just be a group of people that sit off to the side. It can't be something that it's someone else's responsibility. It is everyone's responsibility to learn, to create the environment, and be able to bring people in. Yeah. You know, when we talk about LGBTQ inclusiveness, for employers, how can they make their workplaces, their environments more welcoming and inclusive of LGBTQ people? You know, I actually look at this as pride for myself as an always-on activity. Being Hispanic for me is an always-on activity because it's who I am. And I encourage organizations to make these kinds of celebrations, recognition, and always-on activity. Um, just because June happens to be Pride Month doesn't mean that's the only time that you recognize your LGBTQ plus uh, in- employees. It needs to be something that is done throughout the year. And those things mean, hey, you know, if you want to host Drag Bingo because you want to bring the community together, have some fun, amazing. If there's a historical figure that it's their birthday or they did something really important in a certain month that's not June, bring that up, raise it in your Slack channels, talk to your people organization to encourage the always-on discussion. And I also go to the aspects of visibility. It's important for the queer community to see themselves reflected in leadership, to see themselves reflected in people managers, and to see themselves as part of an organization so that you don't look around the room and say, gosh, it's just me. Do your best when you're, whether you're an ally, you're a colleague, you're, you're just learning more about the LGBTQ plus community, bring people in, invite people in. Ask them those questions about who they are and don't make them feel othered or token or something along those lines where you're the one on the team that everyone turns to with a question that actually relates to the community. I also say to our allies and, and any community out there that, you're, that isn't part of the LGBTQ plus community, learn about the LGBTQ plus community. There's a lot of resources out there that truly can give you an understanding of what the community has dealt with over the years how you can support the community today and the things that, you know, for the road ahead where we need to stand side by side in the future. 
Yeah. And in fact, I remember I once had a manager who was very committed to making sure that the workplace was inclusive. And one of the things that I noticed from them was they were going to a lot of different workshops um, for different groups, like affinity groups. And one of the things that really struck me is their commitment. And they basically said, listen, I need to go to these different meetings because I need to know what's important to each of these groups. Obviously, it's not a monolith, but, you know, they wanted to deeper understanding. And I appreciated that just as a human beyond, you know, any sort of categories of that, their commitment to that. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Scott tells us how to spot an inclusive culture when you're interviewing and what to do if the company you're interviewing with turns out not to be as inclusive as you'd hope. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tomer Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. and so. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back with Scott Doman, Chief People Officer at Calm. Scott and I initially had this conversation during Pride Month, and we're both members of the LGBTQ plus communities. So I wanted to ask him, what's some advice for LGBTQ people in the workplace when they don't feel welcome or included? Here's Scott. I would say, you know, start with your people team. Oftentimes, you know, it can be called people, HR, people operations. Ask them those questions and tell them about your experience. Say, hey, I'm experiencing this um, by virtue of my manager, my peers, my colleagues, and I need some support. And that support can come in many fashions. It can come through coaching to be able to talk to people, managers, and teams and help educate them, being able to leverage, again, the people team to help coach you on where can you make sure that you are raising these issues in a way to your manager, to your team about feeling other. And then that way you feel supported. Um, Because oftentimes I will hear people say, well, I'm going to call things out. I often like to say, well, bring people in, bring people in by saying like, Hey, by the way, when you said this or othered me in that way, this is actually how I felt about it. And you may not realize that. So I want to bring you in and let you know how that felt and also let you know how those things can be addressed in the future such that I and other queer people in the workplace feel included. Um, And the people teams, I find, are so well-versed in this that they've got a lot of tools and resources 
that will, again, help people get over that initial speed bump and really make sure that they're in connected and including people, everyone in their organization. Yeah. And I think one of the best things that, you know, HR or sort of the talent team can do is often have employee resource groups. But I think that's always sort of one of the best initial steps, too, is to sort of if there's a little chat in Teams or Slack or something like that, that's one way also to sort of say like, oh, OK, these are my people, things like that. And like you said, and uh, HR and, and talent can always connect you with those people, which is really nice. When you are applying to companies or you're examining a company from the outside, how do you identify which ones have an inclusive culture? I've had interviews before where I've looked at company websites. I see the benefits that they offer. I see the executive team. And I've asked where um, the LGBTQ plus community is. And, you know, you can tell when an organization doesn't have a thriving LGBTQ plus community. We're like, well, we have this resource group and this, and we're really great at the, you know, this level and below. And I'm like, no, where am I represented on the senior team? Where am I represented in people management? And being able to get a sense of where those things are and where the support is and where the people are. I do check to see where companies donate. I do check to see where the leadership of the team aligns and being able to, for myself, determine whether or not it is actually going to be a community where I'm going to be able to be fully myself. Because uh, as uh, I say in my 40s, it took me a long time to like me and I like me. And uh, if you don't like me, then it's probably not the place for me. Um, and so I feel very proud to be able to do that. And I also feel very proud, again, as your, for your first question, of being able to be in a position where I can represent that. Um, to employees who are looking for a queer leader in their organization who will say, I see you, I respect you, I love you, and I will make sure that you are part of this company culture and that you're here to succeed. Now, I hope you all find yourselves in a situation where you vet the company's culture, you get hired, and then you can reap the benefits of all that hard work. But what happens if the reality of the company's culture isn't what it appeared to be from the outside? I would say that like, if you found that that's not the case, one, uh, again, start with your people partner, your HR business partner, find out who those people are and talk to them. It is a good place to start because it is a very safe space. I would also say then if for some reason you don't feel the support there, raise it to someone in the management team and the leadership team and say, hey, I found in your culture and as I was doing my research that this was a place where the queer community was supported. I found the exact opposite. You can reach out to, this. usually it's called a chief people officer like myself, the chief human resources officer, chief talent officer, a COO, or even the CFO. Like, Look for your C-suite and say, I'm finding this organization to not espouse the values um, that you've said we are espousing, and this is why I've joined and I need help. Um, and don't stay silent, um, because one of the things that you don't want to do is, again, sit there and say, well, it must just be me. I should keep my head down, and I should just carry on. Um, because more than likely, you are not the only person who's experienced this. Don't just sit within the employee resource group and talk to each other about the issue, but the, and the issue is never solved. Seek out the support from senior management, from your HR and people team, and demand it. Um, I think it is really important that you actually require an organization to pay attention to the culture that they espouse externally from a values LGBTQ plus standpoint, but that is not experienced internally so that you can say, hey, I want these things to match, not just for myself, but for anyone else in the queer community who is here and thinking about joining. Ultimately, I would say, if it's not for you, find another job because again, 
you are valued and you are loved and you have no reason to be somewhere where you don't feel those things every single day. Yes, definitely. I always say you deserve a job that doesn't make you miserable. 100%. Life is both short and long. (laughs) (laughs) And it's longer if you don't like where you are. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Scott. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me as well. That was Scott Doman, Chief People Officer at Calm. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Derek Carl, Taisha Henry, and Elias Avalos. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of visual audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.